the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, December the 5th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On December 5th, 2013, Nelson Mandela, the anti-apartheid leader who became South Africa's first black president, he died today. 2013, he was 95 years old. Today in 1791, composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, he died in Vienna, Austria, produced a lot of great, great music for the world. He was 35 years old. Today in 1792, George Washington was re-elected president. John Adams was re-elected vice president. Today in 1848, President James Polk He triggered the gold rush of 49 by confirming that gold had been discovered in California. Today in 1932, German physicist Albert Einstein was granted a visa, making it possible for him to travel to the United States. Today in 1933, national prohibition came to an end. Utah became the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment to the Constitution, which uh, repealed the 18th Amendment. Today in 1994, Republicans uh, chose Newt Gingrich to be the first Republican Speaker of the House in four decades. We're poised to have another Republican Speaker of the House soon. Today in 2019, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that she had asked the relevant House committee chairs to begin drawing up articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. She said, his actions left me no choice but to act swiftly. The Bible says in John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus, Jesus prayerfully says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul is writing to the Christians. He said, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect thee from the evil one. I want to talk about the evil one today, and certainly talk about our being protected from the evil one. I've quoted Marcus Tullius Cicero, uh, a number of times over the years on this program, as a pastor, I not often, but periodically referred to some of his writings. He had such great insight. He lived during the days, he and his brother, lived during the days of the kind of the decline of the Roman Empire. And Marcus was a prolific writer and thinker and historian. And um, he understood his times quite well. He was not a Christian, but he understood his times quite well. He wrote a long, a fairly long, it's, I don't know, a couple of hundred, 300 words or so, a kind of a treatise on the enemy within and how the enemy within is to be, is to be feared more than the enemy without because you can define the enemy without the 
the walls of the city, but the one that moves, the, the enemy within moves amongst you and speaks in the same dialects and with the same uh, tones and innuendos and understandings and so on. And you cannot, it's very difficult to distinguish the enemy that is within. He also referred to that in a number of speeches and treatises that he wrote. And one of the phrases that he used often, which is kind of a play on that longer quote, he said, the enemy is within the gates. It is with our own luxury, our own folly, our own criminality that we have to contend. I think that speaks not only to the Roman Empire that was his home, but it speaks to our country today. And I want to talk about that today. I don't want to be negative about it, but I want to be truthful about it because we are living in some very perilous times and we have people at the helm of the great ship of state that are, according to people that lived before Cicero, Plato and some people, um, we're being guided by a ship of fools. And I don't say that lightly. On an unrelated, but it's kind of related, there's news this morning, there's a story, a couple of stories out there this morning, that the state of California will be facing a $233,000 check in reparations for each black resident who qualifies as a descendant of African-American slaves, according to a consulting report prepared for a special state panel. They have driven this guilt matter so far that now the state of California is preparing itself to write a check for $233,000 for every to every uh, black person that can qualify as having slaves in their history, in their family tree. I mean, how many people are in Africa? Uh, how, I mean, in California from Africa. Do you, can you even imagine the amount of money that California is going to pass out to voters? Uh, excuse me, to, I mean, uh, citizens? No, they're voters in the minds of Gavin Newsom. Boy, I'll tell you, I mean, I'm for righteousness. I never have believed in slavery. But good grief. $233,000 per person that can qualify as having as being a descendant of African-American slaves. There's only one reason for that. Gavin Newsom is not known for a... Per, for, he's not Mother Teresa. He's a politician to the core. And he's willing to spend the wealth of his state to win a few more votes. That's my take on it, at least. Chinese operatives ran a massive TikTok campaign to help Democrats in the midterm election. There's a report out there this morning that's talking about that. I talked about TikTok last week, and I told you that they are sucking up all of the information, like a vacuum, all of the information that's available on TikTok. Your kids are on there. Your grandkids are on there. I mean, it's a very dynamic, growing. It's owned by a a Chinese bite. It's a company that is... uh, solely overseen, if not directed, by the Communist Party. Well, 
uh, the stories out there this morning are saying that TikTok accounts operating as voices of Chinese state media promoted messages that appeared to denigrate Republican candidates, but they appeared to be as news stories and favored Democrat ones right ahead of the 2022 midterm elections because the Chinese Communist Party preferred Biden to Trump for, I mean, count the reasons. Forbes magazine is reporting that today. This is not somebody sitting in their basement speculating. For, Forbes is uh, is also uh, continuing with that story. Forbes is also reporting that while the Chinese-owned social media app has verbally affirmed the need to crack down on election disinformation and foreign interference, some news-oriented accounts failed to disclose their affiliation with the Chinese Communist Party state-owned media on the platform. Forbes says that the accounts racked up tens of millions of views on posts that covered divisive topics such as abortion and race as well as critical clips that mostly targeted Republican candidates ahead of the 2022 midterms. This opens a new dimension for conversation with TikTok. Forbes says, I would say that's an understatement. It's true, but it's certainly an understatement. I want to talk to you a little bit about deception today. The Bible is full of instruction and warnings to us to not be deceived, not be deceived. God is not mocked, not to be deceived by our fellow pilgrims in the journey of life and so on, and not to be deceived by our government as well. I want to talk to you a little bit off a story that is published this morning in the New York Times. It falsely claimed that Hunter Biden's laptop was stolen. Remember the Hunter Biden's laptop? Oh, we got to talk about that again because it's full bore in the news. The New York Times is claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was stolen when in fact it was abandoned at the computer repair shop to which he had taken it, which had tried to contact him. A number of news organizations, conservative ones, have reported for the last several years the story. And it's, it's I mean, there's no disputing it except the New York Times and other newspapers as well, but including the New York Times. It is well known it's not even disputed that Hunter Biden dropped the laptop off at this store owner, this John Paul Mac Isaac is the guy's name. He dropped the computer off at his shop on April the 12th, 2019 to conduct a data recovery. The guy that owned the shop at the time, he's been driven out of there by people who just basically shut down his business. But uh, I understand. I've read that. I, I believe it's true. I haven't checked it out. But nonetheless... Because he told on, you know, he squealed on Hunter. Um, so the people came after him, the, the lefties. But uh, he said that he called Biden, this John guy that owned this little shop. He, he said he called Hunter the next day to inform him. He said the recovery is completed. He said, but Hunter never picked it up. Over time, over time, this guy went ahead and took possession of it as per agreement, per the agreement, and then he turned it over to the FBI. Rudy Giuliani got a hold of the information that was on there and so on. You remember that story. But with that as a backdrop, 
I want to talk to you about what ex-intelligence officials are now doing in regard and what they have done in regard to the information on Joe Biden's son Hunter's laptop. It is revealing, to say the least, and it is made possible by the new ownership of Twitter. I'll get back to that in just a moment. I want to take a moment this morning as we come toward the end of the year. There's not that many days left in 2022. The end of the year is upon us. And I want to thank you, all of you who have supported us over the years on this radio program. It's been several years now since we started this. We started on a month-to-month basis. My prayer was, God, I believe you want me to do this. And as long as the people support it, I'll do it. And uh, to the best of our ability, we have done it every day, live, originating live. Some of you hear us a little delayed on some stations, but on the ACN network, we originate live every weekday morning. And so each month we have met our budget, and each month I have thanked you, and I have certainly thanked the Lord for that. I would just encourage you to, as we move toward the end of the year, to consider, maybe prayerfully consider, If God would speak to your heart to do something maybe out of the ordinary or something you wouldn't do regularly for this ministry, we need your support. We need you to stand with us. Our days are becoming darker, not brighter. And I'm I'm an optimist to the core. But the wrong people are in the driver's seat. And they're not taking us down a good path. And I think all of us know that. And I want to continue to speak the truth as best we can, based not on the news, but on God's word every day. And to do that, I need you to stand with us. I particularly would encourage those of you who listen on KBDQ in Portland, Salem, Southwest Washington, we need your help. We need you to step up and help us meet our budget each month in that area. And I know a lot of people are listening. I'm getting feedback on that, but we need you to help us each month. And some of you are. There's no question about that. I mean, more and more people are. We just aren't meeting our budget yet. So I would just encourage you, thank you for your support. Prayerfully consider what God would have you do this year in the waning days of the year so that we can be ready to meet the new year full strength. And then I would encourage those of you in the KPDQ area to consider, if you have not already begun to support us, to consider supporting this ministry. We need your help. Thank you. And our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 99998009. Let's talk a little bit about ex-intelligence officials who said that Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian operation. They're silent after Twitter files released this weekend, Elon Musk is a real problem. He's not really a Republican, and he's not certainly not a Democrat. They tried to kind of pin him as a Republican. He said he might vote Republican for the first time in his life in upcoming elections. But he's kind of a loose cannon. I mean, he's hard to figure, but when a guy is as rich as he is, he does a lot of things. He can own a lot of cannons. And uh, <laughs> He, he doesn't think that Twitter did the right thing because he thinks they were complicit in swaying the last presidential election. And they were. And, I mean, it's becoming very evident now. 
it's interesting how that as more and more evidence comes out. So they dumped a whole bunch of of um, email over the weekend that w- that shows the people within Twitter was talking about how much censorship they should impose on the Hunter Biden laptop to protect Joe Biden. I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, it, they should be apologizing, but they've gone silent now. They won't say anything, except the New York Times said what I quoted a few moments ago. But as I read the articles this weekend about how some of our nation's most powerful leaders have lied to the public regarding the content of Hunter Biden's laptop to facilitate his father, Joe Biden, being elected to the presidency, and how the media discussed how best to kill the story about the laptop back then. I was reminded of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's comment. He said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And I I reflect on that in my own ministry in this program from time to time. There are things I would rather not say on the air publicly. They're true, but I would rather not say them. But I do say them because not to speak is to speak. And the silence of the church and the silence in our culture reflects back on what Cicero was talking about so very, very long ago. We have created a quagmire that we ourselves have found ourselves slogging through. And it's becoming more and more difficult and more and more impossible to live out our lives with meaning because of the choices we have made and the things that we have allowed to to happen because of our silence as Christians. As conservatives, some of America's most important leaders entrusted with the safety and the security of our nation have misled the people. And they continue to do so now with their silence. The press is now asking these guys. They signed a letter a while back, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. They signed a letter about this whole issue of the Hunter Biden laptop. And they said, no, no, it, it by, with all of our expertise, it, this is the MO of, of Russia. This is how they operate, and they're our greatest enemy. Well, I think, I mean, I, I'm not an intelligence officer, but it looks like to me, from where I sit, China is probably our greatest enemy today, not Russia. Russia is having a hard time with Ukraine, and we're not Ukraine. So I don't know. But anyway, that's what they said. The media was complicit. Now, neither the media nor the officials will answer the calls on the matter when journalists are calling saying, what do you have to say about what Elon Musk did over the weekend when he dumped all these emails and it shows you guys talking back and forth and, and kind of cohorting to figure out how to get Biden elected, basically. And they're silent. They won't even return the calls. Former top intelligence agent signed a letter, an open letter, about this issue just before the election in October. They were suggesting that the Hunter Biden laptop story was part of a Russian operation just weeks before the 2020 election. Most of us knew that wasn't true, but we couldn't prove it. Now everybody can prove it. The emails are out there, the back and forth. What do you think? Have we said too much? Should we be careful? Hey, somebody said in an email, they said, boy, there's really a pushback on the Hill, meaning Congress. We better back off on this and take it easy. I mean, the New York Post broke the story on Saturday. They're the ones that broke the story on the laptop a couple of years ago. The people that really were guiding this thing are Leon Panetta, a former CIA director and defense secretary, John Brennan, 
former CIA director Mike Hayden, a former CIA director, and Jim Clapper, a former director of national intelligence, who all once said the Post reporting, the New York Post reporting, had, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information uh, operation and have now declined to respond to the fact that they lied to the nation just prior to the 2020 presidential election. The open letter was dated October 19th, 2020. That was just, of course, weeks before the November 8th presidential election. It said this in part, the letter. We are all individuals who devoted significant portions of our lives to our national security. Some of us served in senior positions in policy departments and agencies, and some of us served in senior positions in the intelligence community. Some of us were political appointees, and some were career officials. Many of us worked for presidents of both political parties. We are all also individuals who see Russia as one of the nation's primary adversaries. All of us have an understanding of the wide range of Russian overt and covert activities that undermine our national security, with some of us knowing Russian behavior intimately as we work to defend our nation against it as a career. A few of us worked against Russian information operations in the United States in the last several years. The letter continues, after establishing their high qualifications in identifying Russian interference in the U.S. and in, in our government, so to speak, they said, quote, the letter continues, makes it, this makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. This was their message, and there's more, but that's the essence of their message. This was just before the 2020 election. No, I'm not trying to bring Donald Trump back. I'm trying to get to the truth on this matter. America's got to wake up, and they've got to deal with this kind of deep state operations against the will of the people too often. What else are they doing that we don't know about? We should know about. Why would they deny what so many among them knew to be true? The reason for the open letter, they said, quote, Each of us believes deeply that American citizens should determine the outcome of elections, not foreign governments. All of us agree with the Founding Fathers' concern. And boy, that makes me laugh. They could care less about the Founding Fathers from everything I've read. All of us agree with the Founding Fathers' concern about the damage that foreign interference in our politics can, what it can do to our democracy. They gave this very clear message to a complicit American media complex to not report on anything having to do with the Biden family, Hunter Biden's laptop, until after the election. And the letter goes on. Two years later, almost to the day, two years later, Elon Musk now writes a check for $44 billion and purchases Twitter. And he's told the public that he'll release all the emails pertaining to the laptop story. And he did this weekend. He released a ton of them. And he says there's more to come. On Friday, this journalist, uh, Matt Taibbi, he released internal Twitter emails discussing the, he's apparently working with Musk on this. He, he, he released a bunch of these Twitter emails discussing the company's decision to suppress the story, which included locking the Post, New York Post Twitter account because they had reported on the story, deleting tweets that linked the story, or tweets that even reference the story. I mean, these guys were relentless. I mean, they were all in. 
Breitbart News said, reported this weekend, the email showed that Twitter officials decided to take these actions on the possibility the story contained hacked materials, even though there was no evidence or a government finding of any hacked materials. The emails also showed that some Twitter employees suggested or questioned using that justification. Then Twitter Commission's official, uh, this Trenton Kennedy, <clears throat> he asked other officials about that justification. And he said, and this is all back and forth personal email. He said, I'm really struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe, for basically shutting down the story. He said, I, I can't see the rationale in this. Another official, then vice president of global communications, Brandon Borman, he said, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? Five days after questions were raised to Twitter about relying on a hacking justification to suppress the story, more than 50 former intelligence officials published the open letter. And that's the letter that I just shared a part of with you. This was all orchestrated. I mean, it was timed out like, like, a, like a marching parade. Breitbart said the letter worked to cast aspersion on a blockbuster story that potentially implicated then-Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden just weeks before the election. I wrote down, I went through the whole thing, and I'm not going to go through it with you today. You don't probably want to hear the whole thing, but I did write an article on this. It's on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and uh, you, there's links to much of what I'm talking about right now there. You can go and see the sources and check it out for yourself. But there were several key points that I saw, and I read a massive amount of news on this. It's a big deal, and the press is onto it. And as I said, this morning, the New York Times is, is starting their story about the, the laptop with the fact that it was stolen. It wasn't stolen. Nobody thinks it's stolen. Nobody. I mean, Hunter Biden didn't think it was stolen. He just forgot to pick it up or whatever. He didn't want it. I don't know why he, why he didn't pick it up, but he didn't. And this guy went through the legal steps and took possession of it. And then it, as I said, got into the hands of the FBI and Rudy Giuliani and others. But it, the, the decision to censor the Hunter Biden laptop apparently was made without the knowledge, and I'm not defending him for a moment, but without the knowledge of the CEO, then CEO, Jack Dorsey. And there was trust and safety chief of Viata God, uh, Gad. She l long believed, she's been long believed to be the driving force of censorship at the company. She spearheaded the decision. I think she's gone now, probably 24 hours after Musk took over. Numerous top Twitter employees, especially from the communications and policy teams, whose job it is to maintain relations with lawmakers and the press, they express concern at the decision. I mean, not everybody was all in on this in the uh, in the Twitter feed. But that's what's going on in our world today. And I make the point, and we'll talk about this more, because it's a developing story. It's going to break out into the news because they're not going to be able to suppress it this time. I, I can tell you they're not. But scripture is clear that there are always consequences when corrupt leadership is in power. And Brothers and sisters, we have corrupt leadership in power in America today. Hosea chapter 9, verse 9 says, They have deeply corrupted themselves, as in the days of Geba. Therefore, he will remember their iniquity. He will visit their sins. I think it's in our hands 
whether we are visited with the wrath of God or the the consequences of what we are doing today in America. We need to stand strong. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't be misled or deceived by the message, the narrative that is in our news today. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.